0: Dhamma Ki Jai, Ganga Meja Rindadeva Ki Jai, Pramitadeva Ki Jai, Dolsi Maharani Ki Jai, Sambhaveta Bhaktavrinda Ki Jai, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to Sri Guru and Goranga. all glories to Srila Prabhupada, Namo Vishnu Vishnupaya, Krishna Praskaya Bhutalai Shrimati Te Bhakti Vinayana Namaste, sarasvati deve Goravani Pacharni niva and sa sini vedi Niva-se-sa-sini-vedi-pasuk-cha-de-sacharani. Vandeham Shri-guru, Sri-u-cha-parakamalam, Shri gurun sri rupam sagraja Tham, sagana sāgraja-tham sāganā-raga-natham-vitam-saṁ-sajīvam. sadvidutam sahita Krishna chei Sādvidutam, Krishna padam sagana lalita Sri-radhā-kṛṣṇa-padam-sāganā-lalitā-srī-viṣakam-vitam-saṁ. Vanchikāpa-chūbh Om Namah Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namah May seventeenth, two thousand and fourteen, in Rada reading from Shrimad Bhagavatam, Kanjo 6, Chapter 5, Text 19. Kala chakra brahmitikshnam Kala chakra Sarvam Nishkar Sarvam Jagat Swatantram abudasyeha Svatantram abudasyeha Kimlasat karmabirbhavet Hala <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going Jagat, Jagat, the world, world. Swatantram, independent. independent, not caring for the so-called scientists and philosophers. Scientists and philosophers. <coughs> A, buddhasyā, A, buddhasyā, A one of, A one, who of A one who does not know this principle of time. Iha, Iha. in this material world. world. Kimasatkar Mabet. What is, the use of in what is the use of engaging in temporary fruitive activities? Translation Narada Muni had spoken of a physical object made of sharp blades and thunderbolts. The Haryosteus understood this allegory as follows. Eternal time moves very sharply as if made of razors and thunderbolts. Uninterrupted and fully independent, it drives the activities of the material world. If one does not try to study the eternal element of time, what benefit can he derive from performing temporary material activities? drop purport. This verse explains the words kshara-pavyam-swayam-brahmi, which especially refer to the orbit of eternal time. It is said that time and tide wait for no man. According to the moral instructions of the great politician Chanika Pandit, ekopi na na chen nirartakam niti tikam. Even a moment of one's lifetime could not be returned in exchange for millions of dollars. Therefore one should consider how much loss one suffers if he wastes even a moment of his life for nothing. Living like an animal, not understanding the goal of life, one foolishly thinks that there is no eternity, and that this lifespan of 50, 60, or at the most 100 years is everything. This is the greatest foolishness. Time is eternal, and in the material world, one passes through different phases of his eternal life. Time is compared, herein, to a sharp razor. A razor is meant to... (laughs) Shave. shave. A razor is meant to shave the hair from one's face. But if not carefully handled, the razor will cause disaster. One is advised not to create a disaster by misusing his lifetime. One should be extremely careful to utilize the span of his life for spiritual realization or Krishna consciousness. Kalachakra brahmitikshanam sarva nishkar shayaj jagat Swatantram Abudhastyeiha Come a second of it. Nord-Muni had spoken of a physical object made of sharp blades and thunderbolts. The Hyasis understood this allegory as follows. Eternal time moves very sharply Eternal time moves very sharply as if made of razors and thunderbolts. Uninterrupted and fully independent, it drives the activities of the entire world. If one does not try to study the eternal element of time, what benefit can he derive from performing temporary material activities? So we're going to study time because Prabhupada just told us here that we're supposed to study time. That's going to be a problem. What in the world is time? What is it? So I don't usually have so many papers. Lots and lots of papers in today's class because time is so difficult and so mysterious. What is time? I mean, here, Śrīla Prabhupāda's quoting Chanakāpandī, who's comparing time to... <coughs> what is Chanakāpandī comparing time to? Wealth. Wealth. It's comparing time to wealth, and therefore using words like waste time. So that's a very common metaphor for time, which Śrīla Prabhupāda uses a lot. So let's see. How do we talk about time? I'm going to waste time. We talk about it like it's a commodity like it's a resource, like it's money, right? I can save time. I have time. I'm gonna give you time. That cost me an hour. I don't have enough time. You need to budget your time. Put aside some time. Is that worth your time? Do you have any time left? Can you borrow some time? Oh, I lost so much time when I was sick. Thank you for your time, as if it's a thing. Right? That we're trading some kind of wealth. But that's not really true. I mean, if I spend money on a car and it's a bad car, I can sell it and get my money back. But if I spend time doing something worthless, can I get my time back? If I spend an hour doing something worthless, can I get my money, my time back, like I can get my money back? It's not really money, is it? There's no time banks. You can't bank your time. You know, if I give you an hour of my time, you can give me an hour of your time, but you can't give me my time back, can you? So it's not exactly, it's just a metaphor, which is appropriate because this whole section is a metaphor that Nara Muni is teaching. So this idea of time as money is definitely, or as a resource, is definitely a metaphor. There's other metaphors we use to try and understand time We talk about time as a moving object. We say, the time will come when I will see you. The time will come like it's coming at you. Or the time is gone when I used to be able to do this and that. The time has arrived where we're all going to have a feast. Coming up in the weeks ahead, we're going to be... I look forward to the arrival of Janastomi, like it's something that's coming... This is a great opportunity that can pass us by if we're not careful. Or next week, and the week following it, like there's some week following it. We talk about time flying, or time creeping, like it's something that's moving. We also talk about how time is standing still, and we're going through it. We talk about as we go through the years, as we go further into the century, or we're approaching the summer like we're coming up to it. We also talk about time like a container. He did it in 10 minutes, like you keep your milk in a pot. Right? We talk about it like a place. I'm going to meet you at 10 o'clock. Right? Like it's some kind of physical location. We talk about how radhastomy is very close to gynostomy, like it's there in space. So why, why do we have this problem with trying to define time why can't we actually just talk about time as it is why do we always have to talk about time metaphorically well there's a reason for that and that is that there's no sense object that can perceive time and time has no properties so we know the material energy starts with time that's the beginning right right Mahavishnu's lying in the causal ocean, and we'll get to this more in a minute, and he has this glance of time, and that's what awakens the material energy. And then from the awakening of the material energy, then the different elements start separating. Earth or solids, right? And liquids or water, and fire and air, and ether start separating out, the modes separate out, and then they combine to form all the gross and subtle bodies of the living entity and karma and all that. That starts with time. So time is there before even space. Time causes space. Time is the cause of material sound and material space. So how do we perceive space? According to Bhagavatam, what sense is associated with space? Hearing. Hearing and sound. What sense is associated with air or gases? Touch or skin? Somebody else beside you. What sense is associated with, I'm sorry, with fire or radiant energy? Sight. Sight, yes, and form. What about water? Taste and the tongue. And earth? Smell and the nose. What sense is associated with time? Nothing. You can see why we have to have these metaphors. Time is money, time is a moving object, time is a still object that I move through, time is a container, time is a place. Because we have no way to sense it. Do you know that if people are stuck in a place without light, like if people get stuck in a mine underground, their whole sense of time gets distorted? And if people are stuck without any light, they'll start being awake for 36 hours and then sleeping for 12, and then being awake for 36 hours and sleeping for 12. Their body gets on a 48-hour rhythm. Isn't that interesting? So if someone's stuck underground, they think fewer days have passed than have actually passed. You know, if they're counting the days, if they're stuck underground and they have some means that they're counting the days, when they're rescued, they think a fewer number of days have passed. Or we were just in Simachalam from Nasingha to Turtisi. and Sachinanda Maharaj of Nusuru Prabhu and uh, Padambakana Swami were giving lectures about dev And we were talking about how dev purifies us. And we were talking about how we would like to be purified the way Pralad was, having dev's hand on her head. And Sachinanda Maharaj was talking about the Lord's nails, like lightning, lighting up our hearts with knowledge. <laughs> So he was saying that that's a lot nicer than to sing a day pulling out your intestines. So Ravindas Rupabhu said, Well, you know, it's not really your intestines because you're not your body and you're not your mind. So if it's destroying your false ego, it's not really you. And Kandambakanda Swami turned to him and he said, You know, all this philosophy is very nice, Ravindas Rupabhu. He said, But when I was shot with a gun and the bullet was going in slow motion through my intestines... He said, after that, I didn't really want that kind of purification anymore. But what struck me in this connection was, Mara said, as the bullet was going in slow motion. So it's quite common that if a police officer shoots a gun, I don't know what it's like in this country. In America, only 10% of police officers have ever shot a gun at a criminal. And they pretty much all I don't know if it's all, but I'm pretty sure it's all, report that as soon as they shoot a gun, everything narrows. All they can see is the gun and the bullet and the other person, something like Arjuna, only seeing the eye of the bird, they don't see anything else, and they see the bullet traveling in slow motion. And the same if someone's shooting you, as Maharaj explained. You see time changes, perceptions of time change. Or yesterday and the at the college, uh, you were talking about this, right? How the insect lives for one day and we live for 100 years, but to the demigods it seems only like one day. For our perceptions of time are very fluid. Again, why? We don't have a sense to perceive time. How do we have a, a sense of time? What is it exactly? <laughs> and also, it's interesting, Bhagavatam uh, 326, Lord Kapiladev, is talking about the properties of the various elements. For example, the property of sound is it gives meaning. What's a property of ego? What does ego give you? Huh? Identity. Identity yes. A, a sense, especially a sense of pride. And also, Kapiladeva says, a sense of dominion. I and mine. What does the mind give? Everybody should know this one. Trouble. <laughs> Nothing like <our> Hare Krishna devotees. <laughs> feeling. What are the other two besides feeling? Thinking, feeling, Thinking, feeling so. willing. Okay, and touch. touch. Touch gives hardness or softness, cold, right? Fire gives heat, digesting, evaporating things. Water softens things, refreshes things. Earth gives modeling things. What does time give? Nothing. So there's no direct sense perception of time. There's no properties that time has. You can talk about what time causes, you can talk about time's effects, but you can't talk about its properties. So here Prabhupada says if one does not try to study the eternal element of time, what benefit can he derive from performing temporary material activities? How are we going to study something that we can't perceive and that has no properties? Of course, it has its effect. I mean, if you want to see its effect, I probably told this story before. There's a photograph that was in Back to Godhead of uh, my husband and myself, our two older children, my youngest child wasn't born yet, on the roof of the old New York temple, the old 55th Street temple. And uh, I was 25 at the time. So I've shown that photograph to people, and commonly they'll say, oh, where are you in that photograph? Because I have a different body don't look like that anymore. All you have to do to see the effect of time, like if we took everyone's baby pictures here, we took a picture of everyone here when they were baby, and we put them on the wall, we had a contest, you know, we'll give a maha plate if you can match all the pictures, you couldn't do it. You wouldn't be able to do it. And once our body, you know, if we live old enough, I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing, anyway, if we live to be old enough to be like 95, and we had all the photos here. You know, take a photo when someone's 20, 30, 40, and a photo when they're... You can't mention it. The body's completely... We see that effect of time. You know, I see the effect of time when I look in the mirror and I'm like, who pasted a photograph of my mother over the mirror? <laughs> <laughs> but we, we really don't know what it is, and therefore it's very fearful. Right? For Actually, for the demons especially, they're very afraid of time. It's explained in the subterranean heavenly planets that they don't have a sense of time, like these humans who get stuck in caves that their whole bio-rhythm gets messed up and they lose a sense of time. So the demons who live in the subterranean heavens, there's no sun. So there's no days. And they totally lose all awareness of time. And they think, we're going to enjoy eternally, and then the chakra, here's the time, is this wheel with razors, you know, the chakra comes and destroys everything. So they're living in constant fear. When will this chakra come? When will this chakra come? So for those who are demoniac, time is very fearful. It's this unknown thing. I can't define it. I can't sense it. I don't really know what it is, but I know it's ruining everything. You know, it's like this. For the demons, they feel that time is some kind of a monster, an invisible, unsensible monster that's just destroying all of their material happiness. And they're constantly in fear of time. You know, when, when materialistic people are told, oh, you have some you know, terminal disease, they'll say, do whatever you can to buy me another week. I recently read a story of a doctor, an oncologist, a cancer doctor whose wife was diagnosed with cancer and he said, you know, we, we kept doing treatments that we knew weren't going to work. He said, at a certain point, the name of the article was The Day I Started to Lie to My wife." And he said at one point he saw a scan and he thought, this is it, it's finished. There's nothing more that can be done. But he didn't tell her that. And they would do one thing after another, after another. And he said, I could finally understand. He said, all those years I couldn't understand why my patients would say, give me another treatment, when it was hopeless. Because if all we have is this world, if this is it, if we think, I am this body, I am this mind, I am this identity, then it's terrifying. It's it's going to be taken away. I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to lose my body. I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to lose all my education. I'm going to lose all my relationships. I'm going to lose all my knowledge, all my skills, everything. Everything. I mean, worse than a fire that that burns down your house, worse than a tsunami. There was that tsunami that, you know, some fishermen were out in the water, so they weren't killed, and they come back, and their, their wife, their 11 kids, their mother, their father, their aunt, their uncle, their home, everything, finished. But worse than that, because you lose your body. You lose your identity. So for those who are completely materialistic, they're so fearful of time. Now for those who are a little pious, pious religious people, they see time quite differently. They see time as the means of fulfilling their desires, and indeed that's the fact. Now, how do the devotees see time? How should we see time? Mm, not exactly Krishna. Yasin. <laughs> both with the rising and the setting of the sun, everyone's duration of is lost, except for those who are glorifying the all-good Supreme Personality of Godhead. So how do we see that time? What should be our vision of time? And everything has being done by Krishna. We're going to look at who time is. He says, Tama-hara. He says, Time I am, but when he says time I am, Prabhupada says, Who is he what what mood is he in? Yeah. Destroyer of the worlds. Huh? Destroyer of the world. The story of the worlds. Okay, so Mahavishnu is sleeping. This great form. Prahramaswamartin, he's sleeping. And in sleeping, he has his consort, Lakshmi, Rama, as explained in Brahma Samhita, verse 7. And then he just glances, he just looks. Prabhupada says, like if, if someone had two wives and one of them he was enjoying with and the other one was sleeping, and he wanted to wake her up so he could also enjoy with her. So he just glances to wake up the material energy and it's explained in the Brahma Samhita that the goddess of fortune carries the function of his glance to her shadow nature to Maya and when she carries the function of this glance a reflective halo appears and that halo is called Shambhu or Shiva who then impregnates material nature So time is the glance of the Lord and Lord Shiva. And that is time. The glance of the Lord and Lord Shiva. Prabhupada explains this lightly in age 722. Now what's really interesting is just this morning after I prepared all this I ended up just where I'm reading in the Bhagavatam coincidentally Isn't that cool sometimes, how just where you're reading coincidentally? So just at the point I'm right now reading in the eighth canto in chapter five, and there, Lord Brahma, when the demons that become very powerful in the world, this is right before the churning of the ocean of milk pastime, Lord Brahma describes time as the Lord's, anybody know this? Good guess. No, sorry. Eyelashes. Isn't that cool? I never remembered that. Lord Brahma says, My dear Lord, time is your eyelashes. That's part of the universal form. Yeah. Blinking of the eye. Yes, the blinking of the eye, which is described in the Lila of Vamandev, that when Vamandev is manifests himself as universal form, that there is described when his eyes are open, it's day, and when they're closed, it's night. So time is the Lord's eyelashes. And it's very nice to meditate on time as Shiva. Ooh. Because who is Shiva? He's the greatest Vaishnava. He's, he's actually our friend. And even in regard to Vrindavan Lila, Lord Shiva is Gopeshwar. He's the guardian of the Dhamma. So I sometimes take people on a tour, Radha Kunshamukun, and... Uh, you're supposed to first get the permission of Lord Shiva. There's four deities, although I've only been able to find three. You can't find the, the Shiva deity on the east. But if you come into Radhakund, if you go on the, not if you come in the way, if you're doing a Govardhan Prakrama, but if you come in from Vrindavan on the Vrindavan Radhakund road, and then you turn right, which means you're going against the flow of the Prakrama pilgrims. So when you when you first come, if you if you know Radakund, the area where they have the subji up sub, the vegetable selling, which you'll never see that if you just do a Govardhan Purkama, you'll miss that whole part of the Radhakund Purkama. But there there's a deity of Lord Shiva. He's called Kundeshwara, the controller of the Kund. And he's he's all decorated. On the appearance day of Radhakund, he's decorated, they put a, a face on the linga. And the temple's always wet because everybody's bathing the Shiva with milk and, and water. So you get his permission before you enter the kund. And then there's another deity on the Govardhan Purkharna path on the west side, right by the pond where uh, Shivaji Radharani saved a jackal. So there's another temple there for Rameshwar Shiva on the west side. And then on the northern side, right by the uh, Pratiblu Deities of Radhika, of um Gopavata, uh, Goswami's deities. so there's Radharani's footprints and then there's also another Shiva linga so there's a Shiva with Lakshmi and Ganesh and Kartikeya and Nandi so we see Lord Shiva like that we see Lord Shiva as our friend that he's, he's one of the gatekeepers just like we pray every morning to Rindu Devi as a gatekeeper please give me the adhikara give me the qualification to enter into the lila uh, we, we have uh, Lord Nichananda also. That. By the grace of Lord Nityananda, one enters over the world. And by the grace of Lord Shiva as well, one enters over the moon. Because Krishna Vrindavan is very soft. Krishna Vrindavan is very soft. In uh, Prem Samput, Krishna in disguise says to Radharani, How can you love this, this boy? He's so violent. He kills all these demons. And she says, No, no, that's Vishnu acting through him. So Krishna is very soft. And he has these very sweet pastimes, and he's being protected by Lord Shiva, who is also time. So the devotee sees that time is facilitating their service and facilitating their entrance into love. And the, for the non-devotee, the function of time, according to Bhagavatam, cuts all the hopes of people in this world. I hope I'm going to enjoy like this, I hope I'm going to enjoy like this. Materialistic people's hopes are always future-oriented. That's what it means to be a fruitive worker. It means you're working for a fruit. I'm going for the fruit. I'm going for the fruit. No, I'm not enjoying now, like the donkey with the carrot. No, I'm not enjoying now, but I will be. I will be, after I, you know, after I make my $10 after I get married, after I have a child, after I get divorced, after I sell my house, after I buy a house, after I get accepted into a college, after I graduate from college, you know, after my children grow up, after I get the right career, after I finally retire from the career, (laughs) whatever, then I'm going to be happy. Happiness is over there somewhere. And maybe I achieve a momentary thing. You know, I finally, I buy my house and I bring my new bride in my house and, there's my new car in the garage. Oh, I'm happy. And then immediately, oh, now I have to get this to be happy. Now I have to get this to be happy. And time keeps cutting, 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 cutting with these razors. Uh, you You know, you hope to get the fruit and you don't get it. Like when I was When I was young, one of my friends really wanted to buy... Their parents really wanted to buy their own house, and they saved, and they saved, and they saved, and they saved, and they saved. And they they finally bought the house. She was an artist. And she painted, hand-painted all the walls and decorations around the windows and handmade all the curtains. And two weeks later, her husband had a heart attack and died. He had a heart attack, lost his job, and they had to sell the house. So this is time. You know, I have this hope, I have this dream... recently I I saw some devotees where their only child is God. she had a terrible accident and since then she's been very sick and they lost their million dollar euro business and they lost their house and God, God, God God. so for the materialistic persons like that, my dreams, my hopes all of my ideas of how I'm going to enjoy, they become dust and you see this in an old age home, when I was with my mother in her last days, in the old age home I really saw this how for the old people their, their lives had become just dust that they couldn't even hold anymore. You ask I would ask the people there, Oh, what did you do in your life? children yeah I have three two it was scary you know even people that did remember so they're there you know oh, what did you do before I was the chief chef in the Waldorf historian <laughs> you know, now I have to eat this tasteless pudding you know I mean it was it was it was scary it was really scary you know for the materialistic people, it's really scary. And I saw from my mother, she was 89, she'd had Parkinson's for 15 years. And she got, well, she couldn't eat anymore, it's how she died she couldn't eat. So she'd become, you know, she looked like somebody out of a Nazi concentration camp. You know, She you know, was like that. When she was 15, she had won an uh, international beauty contest and traveled all over the world as a beauty queen. And it was, it was dust dust. She'd given millions of dollars to charity and all she had now was a plaque on the wall, thank you for giving your money to charity. All her things had already been given away. All she had in the nursing home was one rocking chair and one painting. One box of clothes. She had silver and china and ivory and hand-carved mahogany furniture and it was all dust. And she had a mind what a brilliant person. She was so intelligent, such a memory. She could remember anything. At the end, she couldn't speak. She could still think, but she couldn't speak. If she wanted water, she had to say One time it took me 20 minutes to figure out one sentence she was trying to tell me. Just, 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 gone. So time was like that. Yeah, for the materialistic people who put their hopes, you know, I could see with her she had wealth, she had fame, she had beauty, she had intelligence. And until she got Parkinson, she was very healthy and strong. She had many, many thousands of friends and, and followers, she headed international religious charities, and they had nothing. So for the materialist time it's like that. And then finished. Then finished. You know, you get a paragraph in the newspaper, and that's it. That's it. And, and Most of my grandchildren don't even know, and they'll, they'll come to me, oh, Grandma, what, what was your mother's name? And you know their children won't even know. Yes, I ask this all the time. Who remembers the name of their great-great-grandparents? That means your grandchildren's grandchildren. They've forgotten your name. So that's how time works for the materialists, but also, it's explained in 2.521, Prabhupada says, that time allows the living beings to create their own fate of being differently created again in terms of their independent desires. So, material time also does that. Not only does it cut, but it creates. Okay, I want to do this. All right, here you go. Here's a body to do this. Here's a whole scene to do this. Here's a whole life to do this. Go for it. But time is manifested because time is the initial impetus. To manifest everything earth, water, fire, ether, mind, intelligence, ego, it's all manifesting in, in its different permutations by the agency of time. So, okay, I want to create this false ego, and I want to create this kind of intelligence, and I want to create this kind of body, and this kind of desires. Okay, time is the, the mover, time is, is the instigator to create all that. So, it also allows one to create the whole phantasmagoria. So is there spiritual time? Yes. yes. But how mysterious is spiritual time? Okay. It does not pass away even for half a moment. There's an eternal existence of transcendental time. There's the ever-present. This is explained in the Samhita Bhakti Vinayata, Kuru Bhaktisanta, They talk about how in the spiritual world it's always the present. There's no past or future. Like some of the Goswami's literature, they talk about how old Krishna is, how old the different residents of Vrindavan are, and they'll say, you know, like 14 years, two months, three and a half days. And that's how old they are, even like a half day. But there's a variety, just like it's explained in the nectar of instruction in text 8, where Rupa Goswami tells us we should meditate on Krishna's Asa Krishna's eightfold pastimes, and Krishna's different pastimes. He wakes up in the morning and he takes a bath and he milks the cows and he wrestles with his friends and he has breakfast and he goes out to the pasturing grounds and he plays with the coward boys and he meets up with the gopis and he comes back and there's dust in the air and everyone's waiting for him and he comes back and milks the cows again and sees a performance and goes to bed and then goes off with the gopis again. He has these pastimes. That's an interesting word, isn't it? I mean, the Sanskrit word is Leela. But what word does Shil use? Past times. To pass the time. Isn't that interesting? He uses this word time. To pass the time. but yet, everything there is eternal. There is no past, present, and future. Inconceivable to us, huh? I mean, if we can't sense material time, and material time has no properties, how are we going to sense the spiritual time <laughs> where there's some sort of sequence of events? You know, we read, of course, the is describing Krishna's lila on the earth planet, the Goswami's describing Krishna's lilas in the spiritual world, we had Bhagavatam, the Sanatana Swami, he's describing other of the Goswamis and Archaryas, they're describing Krishna's needless in the spiritual world. They describe there's a sequence of events. Madhya Soda says this, then Krishna does this, then Malarama does this, then Nandamaraj does this. Well, I was just the place I'm meeting now in Gopalchampu. So Krishna just had his Gopastami uh, where he's just now able to take care of the cows. He's six years old. So it's time also again. Yes, so he's taking care of the cows. But the cows didn't want to go without Krishna. Krishna's trying to tell them to go. And they you know, they know wanted to follow Krishna. So first Krishna's going, then the cows. So that's time, isn't it? But how do we sense that? How do we, how do we understand that? We can't. We can't understand that. If we can't even understand material time. But what we can do is we can get out of this fruitive mentality... Where time is acting as this razor cutting us. Where we're just bleeding all over from, from time. Where it's destroying and cutting our, our dreams and our hopes. Or it's carving and creating our material hopes. And we can use the razor instead, as the says here, to shave your face. Of course, us ladies don't shave our face. But at least we can understand the idea. You can use the razor. It has a purpose. Right? It has a purpose. And when that purpose is done, it's wonderful. So how can we use time that way? Well, certainly we can see time as Shambhu. We can see time as the who's our friend. He's our friend. For the materialists, he's destroying everything, and he's kind of wild. Kind of wild, Hare Krishna. He's really wild. But for us, he's the gatekeeper into the dawn. For us, he's, he's the lord of the ahamkara, of the false ego. For us, he's destroying our false ego, which is so nice. And we can work in the same spirit as those who are in the spiritual world, being absorbed in the present. So one of my favorite quotes, probably led letter to Jaipataka Swami he says that one should be fully, he says, surrender to Krishna is to be fully absorbed in whatever your service you're doing right now, never mind what it is, and to always think that whatever is meant to be, that I am doing. So my understanding of that is if you're following the process, if you're following the four relative principles, chanting sixteen rounds, if you're brahman, three gayatris, you're offering your food to Krishna, you're in the process, that whatever is meant to be, that I am doing, that I am always in the perfect place, always doing the perfect thing, that Krishna is controlling everything. And that all I have to do is be absorbed now, in this moment, with offering everything to Krishna. To fight for the sake of fighting without considering gain or loss, victory, defeat, honor, or honor. Wh- whatever the future is, doesn't matter. Who knows if that future will even come. I was just hearing Prabhupada say this morning, as he says many times, "Mars break, it had a guarantee of seven days, we don't have a guarantee of seven seconds. Why invest in, in that? Why invest in the sand? First of all, it may not even come. And if it comes, it may be disappointing so many things. Invest in the now, right now, right here, right now, wherever we are, always. Krishna in my heart now. Krishna is in the light now. Krishna's in my breath now. Krishna is on the altar now. How can I please Krishna now? How can I connect with Krishna now? Prabhupada said to do everything with great attention to every detail, never mind what it is. And then whatever is meant to be, that I am doing. And what I find is as you live like this, you start appreciating that Krishna always puts you in the right place at the right time. That when you want to please him and you want to serve him and you're following the instructions of Guru and Krishna and Shastra, when you're as soon as you're within that fence of sadhu shastra guru, and it's it's why, probably says it's not narrow or stereotype. As long as you're within there, whatever's meant to be, that I am doing. And I can connect with Krishna now and now and now and now and here and now and here and now. And all my hopes and my investments and my everything here and now, my future. There's never really a future, is there? Just here and now. And then when one starts to do that, one enters into the spiritual conception of time. One starts seeing time as a friend and starts seeing time as the impetus. Instead of the impetus for destruction and creation and hopes and smashing, <laughs> he sees it as the impetus for lima. Another one of my favorite quotes is from Jaiva Dharma, where Bhakti Yonota says, that this material world is also one of the Leelas of the Lord, and the Jivas are meant to participate in it. I'm not getting the words exactly right, I don't have your um, opulence of remembering the words exactly right. But we, there we're, we can participate in the, in, in the Lord's Leela. And he says if the Jiva chooses to exalt in the Lord's Leela, e, even in this world, then their life will be full of exaltation and happiness. He said, if the Jiva chooses not to, it's certainly the fault of the Jiva and not the Lord. So if we start to see our life, why not? Somebody said yesterday, Haris Khanis Prabhupada, body. who said that at the graduation? So this Krishna consciousness movement, is this Mahaprabhu's Lila or no? If If you want it to be, if you see it like that, if you see the Christian conscious movement, oh, this is just where people go to get money and power and harass people and just... I mean, there's some people here doing that. Yes, of course. Just like here in this castle, there are toilets. But is that what the castle's about? Is the castle about a, a toilet? Is that what it's about? It's here. Yes? There are switch pipes here in the building. So that's not what the castle is about. It's like the one one person had written something really horrible about India and Prabhupada called it the drain inspector's report. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, you can say in the castle there are toilets but also in the castle there's Radha Gopinath and Jagannath, Balam and Subhadra and Gornit time. That means that the spiritual world is here. That depends on one's vision. That depends on one's vision. One's vision is about one's life. Is my life a struggle to try to achieve my material desires and they get smashed and cut into pieces and I have my hopes for the future and, you know, I'm miserable now, but maybe in the future I'll be happy. Or is our life that I, I'm participating in Mahaprabhu's leela, and I'm assisting She will in his mission and I'm already in the spiritual world and I can live in the now, in the spiritual world, and never mind what happens, gain or loss, victory, defeat, honor, and asana. That's all the dualities of the world. Who cares for that? I have nothing to do with that. So, if we're absorbed in our material identity, all these Upadis, I am a creature of this world, then time is a source of great fear. And if I'm absorbed in my spiritual identity, that I'm Krishna's servant, then time is a source of play. Time is simply facilitating play, it's simply facilitating it's simply facilitating love, it's simply a gatekeeper. So therefore, the devotees don't feel that their lives are being taken away. They don't feel like that. The devotees feel, I am eternal. And I am am experiencing that eternality now. And I am experiencing that eternality now. So, kibhasa karmabiravit, what is the use of activities that are within the realm of material time, where one's hopes are pegged on the future, where one's lamenting the past and hoping for the future? Kibhasa Leave that. Forget the past that sleeps and near the future. You dream it all, but bear with times that are with thee and progress. So, what do we want? Fear or play? That is our choice. And it's our choice not tomorrow, not next week when we become a pure devotee. It's our choice now. Yeah. Questions, comments, corrections, additions, subtractions? Yes. I asked Bodhijam Prabhu uh, if there is time in spiritual world. And he said something that really helped me understand. He said there is time and there is not no linear time. Um, just just like it uh, said that in Vrindavan, the space is also like the, the forest and they like close. Can open oh, and close. 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 Yeah. So if the pastime meets, that there, takes more time for something, then there's going to be more time. Ah, that's interesting. Or so time, time opens and closes. Yeah, also time, like space. But it's not passing. Because nobody ages, there's no... There's no, it's, no, it's all Rasa. Yeah, okay, very nice. It's Thank you, John. It's not because in this, Thank world, you, Jack, we have this, this kind of experience. Oh. Well, of course, even in this world it's not exactly linear. We don't it's have this Judeo-Christian-Islam idea... That you know the world was created and then it'll be destroyed and that's it, or then the Messiah will come or whatever. We we have we we see time here with with Narada's analogy as a wheel. A wheel of time. So even here it's really, it's actually not linear. But thank you, thank you very much. Yes, Bruno. just you spoke about when you become old, and when, become, you went. My hours and hours. Become old. 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 Is that, is that like, Skinny and diseased. But all this. But you the same We also become old. We will also become diseased. So, what's the problem? This is discussed in the second chapter of the Bhai Gita. <speaking in the language> The materialistic person, their identity is their body and mind. So they have a sense that I am becoming old, but for the devotee, that's not their identity. If it's our identity, then that's not very good. The devotee doesn't matter. You know, have a sense that they're old. Or even that you're sick. It's not you. It's not you. Just like even you know, ordinary people sometimes have near-death experiences or out-of-body experiences. You read about that, right? And the subtle body leaves their body, and they look, and some some of them will say, "Oh, who's that? Wow, that that person lying on that bed. Well, they're really in bad shape." Oh, oh, that's my body. Oh, but I'm me. And you don't have to have some kind of, you know, out of body experience for that. Krishna says we're the observer. Fifth chapter, 13th chapter, we're the observer. It's not happening to us. So, yeah, superficially, devotees go through whatever anybody else goes through, we go through. Our houses burn down, our cars break down, you know, our wife runs off with another man, we get cancer, our arm breaks. I mean, if it happens to anybody, it happens to us. It's not like those things don't happen. But they're not happening to us. We know they're not happening to us. They're not happening to us. So we're not experiencing that all my hopes and dreams have turned to dust. I mean, one thing I, I really was, really meditating on with my mother, is that when she lost her external life, which she lost very, very gradually, she hadn't cultivated an internal life. Her life was all action. It's so often when we talk about don't waste time. You know, Prabhupada says, don't waste time. As Prabhupada says, don't waste time. don't waste time, don't waste time, don't waste time. And the person in bhava, they don't waste a minute. Mm-hmm. Does that necessarily mean that you're running around busy all the day? Is that necessarily what it means? In fact, extreme busyness is a kind of intoxicant. Did you know that? Extreme busyness is something that people use to try to forget that they're going to die and try to forget about the material the world. Don't waste time. Means to always. Remember, Krishna, of course we're going to be very busy in service. There's so much service to do in the movement. But we should be cultivating, my dear friends, an in internal life. We should be cultivating an internal life. We should be cultivating an internal life. We should be cultivating an internal life, and then it doesn't matter about the externals. If you don't cultivate an internal life, then yes, when you get older, when you get sick, then it's devastating. She had nothing to do. And when she couldn't turn her body over anymore, she couldn't even roll over in bed on her own, and she couldn't speak. There was nothing to do. What was she going to do? Go into the common room and watch the Elvis Presley impersonator? you know, what should I do? But I thought for the devotee, we have an internal life. We've been, I hope, we're meditating on Krishna's non-gunarupalila. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Like one place where Prabhupada said, if you're chanting Hare Krishna mechanically and you're thinking about nonsense, he says, then it's all useless. Then he pauses and he says, or it will take a long time. He said, why are you meeting Krishna? He said, can't you at least think about you know, Krishna killing the demons and the counter boys are clapping. And so we, we, should be, we should have it. And if we have an internal life, what does it matter? Basic Bhagavad Gita, where Krishna says to Arjuna, the yogi is enjoying within. The yogi's pleasures within. So that's we need to cultivate that. We need to have our sense of, life. I'm a soul. Okay. And then what does it matter? What happens with the body? So on. Uh, just like these clothes are get, get old. So I get like New set of clothes. That takes practice. It takes practice. We have long association with this ahankar, Long association with these upadis. So it takes practice and it takes willingness. That's where we kind of sadhana or biyasi over. And it takes a willingness. It takes a desire. As probably says if you want to keep things as they are, that's another problem. If you want to, you know, if you want to just do superficially that this is my religion, and I'm just going through some mechanical rituals, but actually I hold on to my Upadis and my false ego, well, then we will suffer like everybody else. But if, if we're really coming to Krishna, what? Consciousness. consciousness. Not Krishna ritual, Krishna consciousness, Yes. A long time. Okay. Waiting for the bus or waiting for whatever. Be with Krishna now. You can meditate on Krishna's name. I was just talking to my grandson who's taking his first trip by himself. He just landed in Stockholm and he's gonna to be touring Europe and worship, working with the Indigenous Wammies Poland tour and He'll meet up with me a little bit. So he had gotten this stupid, idiotic itinerary. Where he had 40 hours of travel from Hawaii to Stockholm. Three red-eye flights. Hare Krishna. Anyway, so he's, he's chatting with me from the Newark airport. And he's like, you know, I have all this time here. And I said, well, did you bring some beads? He's always been into kirtan, but he's never been so much into japa. He said, yeah, Grandma, I brought beads. I'm like, Johnny, Johnny, you brought beads. I said, then you can chant. So I find it's really nice to be a Hare Krishna devotee. One of the really nice things about being a Hare Krishna devotee is you can always do your Hare Krishnas. You know, and you can always do your Hare Krishnas. You can always chant Hare Krishna. You don't even need to have your japa beads with you. You can chant on your fingers. You can chant in your mind. You can always meditate on Krishna here, now. You can meditate on Krishna as the sun, meditate on Krishna as the air. You can meditate on Krishna's pastimes, meditate on how he killed Bakasura. how Bakasura swallowed him. And then Krishna got very hot. To about, and you spit him out, and Krishna opened his peak. And you can look around at the things around you, and you have them remind you of Krishna. Have the buses and the cars remind you of Krishna driving his chariot to Vidarbha, driving his chariot to the edge of the moon. Have the things in the world remind you of Krishna. And then be with Krishna now. And then even if the bus never comes, if you have a heart attack, what that Shil Prabhupada